This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Joining me, as always, is Ricky Boomer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. What's up, everybody? And today we are going to be talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and how Markel Fultz fits with the Philadelphia 76ers because there are deals coming Mm -hmm. out or reported Mm -hmm. deals coming out that that the (laughs) Celtics are looking to move uh, the first overall pick to the 76ers, a swap of the first and third this year, and then a future uh, future picks going to the Celtics. So we'll talk about how Markel Fultz is uh, will fit with the 76ers because ultimately he's probably going to be the pick for the 76ers. That's what the rumors are saying. And that's ultimately, I think, the pick that Dave and I would agree on. I don't know about Ricky. Uh, but anyways, we're also going to be talking about the uh, Lakers and Josh Jackson. Um, apparently he was promised that he was going to be picked there. So we'll talk about that, how he fits with mm-hmm. that team. Should he even be the, uh, the pick there? And we'll also be talking about the Boston Celtics. If they move back to three, what they should do, what position they attack, um, how the draft falls out in front of them, what they might be looking at. And we'll talk about that. Let's jump into this deal. Um, you know, we, we heard a lot about the Celtics probably looking to trade this pick for a star. We heard Paul George, Jimmy Butler, that tossed out there, Gordon Hayward as well, but more, Gordon Hayward was more of a signing. Um, and now we are getting reports today from Mark Stein, Zach Lowe, uh, Adrian Wojciechowski of uh, The Vertical that the 76ers and Celtics have engaged in trade talks um, that we know for sure that the one and three would be swapped. Um, again, nothing's official, but people are saying that it's close. Mm-hmm. People are saying that's not close. We're hearing a lot of conflicted reports, but most of the legit reporters and, and at least the more credible reporters that have been doing this for longer um, have been saying that they are close. So we got a swap of the first and third, and then the next one uh, would be a future pick, either two or one future first uh, for the 76ers to move up. So the 76ers have the 2018 Lakers. Lakers and the 2019 Kings, both mm-hmm. unprotected, I'm pretty sure. Correct. So, uh, a lot of huge picks in, in, in the uh, area there for the 76ers, but they're trying to move up to get Markel Fultz. If they get Markel Fultz, um, they think they're really waiting on uh, you know kind of doctor stuff. Yeah, and, and they were physical, talking about physical, possibly needing to be passed prior to the trade being confirmed. So looking at Markel Fultz and looking at how he would fit if he passes all that stuff, how does Markel Fultz fit with the Philadelphia 76ers? It's 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 damn near perfect. I mean, we, we were sitting here talking about how it's such a shame. You know, it's great that the Sixers got the three pick, but, you know, it looks like Ball and Fultz will both be off the board at that point, so they really can't get what they need to fill in this roster. Mm-hmm. And then just they're making it happen, uh, it seems. So if you put Fultz in there, and I know, you know, we'll have Simmons healthy playing the one on offense, and then Fultz, very versatile defender because he's got the size and the length to guard, you know, one, two, three probably. Mm-hmm. Probably not three very mm-hmm. well, but one and two if he's he wants to try. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing is like you get that guy who not only defensively will cover up for Ben Simmons, but then offensively you get an absolute rock star coming in as a rookie who can just put up 20 points. I think he's like a staple. Like if I just close my eyes, it's like if he's on a team that's not like a playoff dependent team, 20 points, no question. Well, I think that it's funny, too, how we talked about how the 76ers need to draft fit. They shouldn't be taking best player available. If anything, they should be trading back. We never thought about them moving up. I did not imagine I, it. I, I, we didn't really think of this. There hasn't been any, that many rumors. We haven't really hear, heard that much about this. So we, we we see this, and we come out, and I think it's a perfect fit. I honestly do. You look at Markel Fultz, what Dave was talking about. You see, at least offensively, Ben Simmons might be your main ball handler. But even if he's not working out as a main ball handler, boom, you have Markel Fultz that takes over. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about Malik Monk being that shooter, being that scoring threat from the outside 
Markel Fultz brings that and some. I mean, he brings the uh, ability to lead the offense, um, whether Ben Simmons is off the f- off the floor or on the floor, and it really gives you kind of that Kyrie well, LeBron dynamic. And so, that's exactly what I was going to bring up because my first and thought, not exactly because I know you mentioned well, something no, like no, that and like, got hate on the comments. People are thinking that I said like, oh, they're an exact copy yeah. to the Cavs. I was just saying I'm seeing similar things that the Cavs have done. But I mean, my first question with this and when Dave was like, oh, it's the perfect fit. My mind was like, well, it's perfect in the sense of the one position that we've said that they would have loved to draft. They get their choice virtually. You can take Fultz or Ball, but Fultz would be the one that they go to Mm -hmm. because like you said, if you're going to have Ben Simmons be the primary ball handler, that was my first thing was, can Fultz be the guy to be the Robin basically and not have the ball in his hands coming up on offense. But it's like you said, they can have a kind of mini version of that LeBron Kyrie dynamic of Ben Simmons ain't going to be playing every single minute in this game. And when Ben Simmons is off the court, then Markel Fultz will be the one out there on the court to run this offense. And the big, the only question mark that I have from is Dave mentioned the versatility in his defense. However, He's got to get to that upside because when I see on a guy's profile that he's a lackadaisical defender, I don't like anything when it comes to lackadaisical or lazy. It's or hard anything to try when a team that. sucks. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, have you seen of, the 76ers last part, couple years? Part he was also banged up and didn't want to push, push yeah. himself too much. Yeah. I just, I see that and I go, well, if he can get past that. Then everything is fine, but it's nothing on him. Is like but a you huge draft him mark. for his offense. Yeah. Let's be honest. I well, because he's an all around offensive. He, point he guard. is a fantastically finished mm-hmm. offensive point guard who can take it anywhere. He can go to the hole. He can take the outside shot. His shooting motion solid. Uh, he is not the best passer in this draft, but he's a passable passer. He can play off ball, which we expect him to probably mm-hmm. in the system. Uh, we'll see about the Ben Simmons experiment at point guard. But like mm-hmm. honestly, like, I, I just. I'm happy they pushed the button on this because I, like well, you said, hopefully push ho- the button. Likely, hopefully, fingers crossed. You you said it. We didn't expect them to move up. We, you know, I've just been like, hey, they'll just keep drafting best player available. They'll get a superstar out of you know one of their five picks that they've got. Uh, plus the guys on the team, they'll find their guy. They'll find their core. And now they're actually like, no, no, we've got faith. We want this guy. He fits what we're looking for. And I think it's an absolute like well, perfect move for them to finally pull the trigger. And I think it's a better fit. I think it's a better fit for Fultz to go to Philly than it would have been in Boston. And the main reason why is Philly doesn't have a point guard. I look at their point guards and it goes, Fultz is your main point guard. If he went to Boston, then he'd have to deal with, and I get it, he would probably deal with it, but he'd have to deal with the, well, who's going to be the point guard of the future, IT or Markel Fultz or yada, yada, yada. Now he can come into the Sixers and be like, yeah, you're our guy. He doesn't have to deal with that at all. Well, I, I don't think it's anything where if he goes to Boston, he won't know that he's not their guy. If he's taking him number one overall, I mean, he no, really ought like, to understand that he's their guy. Just Isaiah Thomas is already there. And all Isaiah you would Thomas, hear from the media is just the chatter of, well, is IT the point guard the of the future? Is yeah, after a while, the media you, doesn't you can mean. zone out however much you want, but it still gets to you. Like you well, hear a little bit If you're zoning it out, then how is it getting to you? You can't zone it out 100 I think there's something, if yeah. Markel Fultz is winning, I don't think he will, he will really care. And if he's winning, on a Boston team that he's still contributing to and will know that he will take mm-hmm. over. I don't well, think it it's matters. It's kind of like I what do... we saw Jalen Brown this year where he mm-hmm. didn't play a lead role as a third overall pick. We all expected, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this guy's got great potential and we talked about him being more of a raw talent 
And what did Boston do? They slow rolled him. They made sure he only he had limits on his minutes, and he was only in games and times that they needed. And like I think that's better for his own development. But again, it's small role in a mm-hmm. winning franchise versus being like big dog, mm-hmm. little uh, you know, little punk. Well, yeah. the one thing too, and and, and uh, going off you, I do agree with you that Philly's a better fit for Markel. Yeah. I do agree with that, and and it's kind of something with the Jalen Brown thing, where Jalen Brown, while he did have the body of an NBA player, he had some promise to him. He was very athletic. He wasn't a finished product. Yeah. Where you look at Markel Fultz, he's not a finished product, but he is very close he's to closer. NBA ready. And you could yeah. say that, all right, this kid, you look at this kid, he could start an NBA and an NBA team. So you don't really want to hold back his progression. Mm-hmm. And even though he will learn stuff from Isaiah Thomas, he'll, he'll still contribute off the bench he'll still be coming off the bench and it might at least I don't know if it'll hurt him but at least you put him right in a position where he'll be comfortable in Philly I think it's a, a great move and we also talked about uh, Josh Jackson possibly be the pick for Philly um, because you know you look at Joel Embiid you look at Ben Simmons mm-hmm. they've had injury problems well you know how do you fix that how do you what are you going to rely on if those two get injured you look at Markel Fultz this guy is supposed to be the best star in this draft I mean we see the T- talent there. Mm-hmm. If those two go out, you still have a star. And that's you still a, have Markel Fultz. And that's exactly what I was going to hit on was if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, you might be sitting there going, yeah, you know what? We, in a perfect ideal world, we want Ben Simmons to be our main ball carrier. However, it's you look at it and it's like, well, he was injured this year. Mm-hmm. What if he comes back next year and that foot's not feeling right, and he gets injured again, and this becomes kind of a nagging, recurring injury. You can never know with A, injuries, and B, the Philadelphia training staff. You never Uh. know with injuries there. This is their way of saying, hey, you know what? Trust in the process was great, but we got picks. Let's turn them into one for sure guy that can help us whether Ben Simmons is on or off the court. No, I I just... You, you, you had to mention the injuries. That the really kills well, me. Well, that's a bit like well, that's the thing. I, know, I, know. It's something I know. I mean, you look at it's Joel Embiid. He's played, he's played thirty games yep. in three years. You look at Ben Simmons. He hasn't played yet. Um, and I think something too. Um, and they still have picks. If they get rid of only one future, yeah. Um, whether it's Lakers it's or Kings, they still have the other one. Well, if if they give up one, so right now, it's, okay. right now, Low is saying that's one. Let's just say they give yeah. up one, they'll still have that other one. And, mm-hmm. and whether they want to wait and actually draft a player if the Kings pick is still high, or they could trade it while that value is still high. Because mm-hmm. we look at the Kings, we still say the Kings are promising. And and right now we've we've I mean, we've had uh, mocks that at least you know talking it out that Lonzo might end up to the Kings. And and that might help that team and might help Buddy Heald. So you look at the Kings. The Kings might be a team of the future. They might not be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Sell it while that value is still high. Sell it while you can say, hey, this is an unprotected pick from the Sacramento Kings. This is a team that is a top five team right now. You do not know what's going to happen. They don't have a star at, at this current moment. They don't have a Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. You can take this pick and hey, we'll you know we'll take you know a, such and such player mm-hmm. that will help us um, in this way. I, I don't know exactly what. Haven't thought of any deals, but <laughs> you could still use the process uh, part of it mm-hmm. and still trade those players for picks. And maybe Sam Hinkie's idea still hasn't really left uh, once the Cale Angels really took over. And if they make this deal happen, I, I, first off, I think the 76ers win this deal. I think that's something that we got to get to. Mm-hmm. 76ers win this deal because they're getting the best player in the draft. And yes, you're giving up a little bit of your future, but you're still building your big three. Because I, if I look at this team, mm-hmm. I still think they have a big three. Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, probably the scariest big three out of any team in the NBA. Really? Really? What else? Really? What else is there? I would I mean, still put the Cavs there and scary, the Warriors' big threes above them. Scary big three hundred twenty-two. Young big three. Okay. Young big three. I was like, you know the Warriors and the Cavs are still thinking. Really confused. Hold on. Sorry. 
Go ahead, young most big promising. Three. Okay, I mean, well, my bad. Up well, and coming. That big could have been bad. I was gonna say. Me. I was. I looked at. Well, Ricky, I'm, I was you, like, I'm usually on that. that? I'm so, usually on that side of the table. So, sometimes, and no one comes and saves me. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you forget words. Sometimes no, we forget words. So, so I'll pose this question to you then. Since yeah. you think they're the one of the most promising young big threes in the NBA, I would say I mean, D. Is Minnesota not involved? Is I would say I would say Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. over um, Embiid because he's healthier and I think he's a better player. Um, I would say Wiggins uh, and and Simmons is close because Simmons has a lot of potential, but Wiggins is proven. But Wiggins really outside of scoring, he doesn't bring that much defensively. No mm-hmm. it, well, who Wiggins right? Wiggins has knees. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking somebody else. Wiggins doesn't really have that defensive (laughs) and doesn't have that playmaking. Ben Simmons can bring that playmaking and then maybe defense down the line, but right now he's got defense. I'm sorry, uh, playmaking athleticism. And then you look at Fultz. Fultz is scoring all-around great player. Who's that third on on that Minnesota team? Will it be Jonathan Isaac? I would take, obviously, I'd take Fultz over Isaac. Isaac's not going number one. Depends on who they draft. But the thing that I think is most interesting about this deal is... And this is something I just wanted to throw out there. We don't have to hit on it fully, but because you mentioned, like, um, the Kings pick and what they do, and you're like, oh, well, you know what? We even see, like, the Kings, they're a team that's up and coming or trying to up and come. I'm going to say it right now. Like, Kings fans, unless the Celtics or the Suns pull a shocker, I think you can almost say De'Aaron Fox locked to the Kings at five because of this move. Why Because... I would look at it where Fultz would go one. Okay. Lakers with Josh Jackson or Ball, whoever you want to go there, they take one. And then if they go Ball, Celtics go Josh Jackson. Suns will probably go JT over. So you're Fox. saying you're saying Ball doesn't go past four. Fall doesn't Ball doesn't go past four no matter what. Okay. However, Josh Jackson, if Josh Jackson goes second, then it becomes interesting. And I think this now Kings fans can now kind of. Put a little uh, sal- salvate that Fox is going to fall to you. Because the whole thing before is that, nope, Phoenix is taking Fox because two point guards are going before. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I don't even want to know. Salvate. Yeah, got to get the salvate. saliva going. Anyways. Uh, Putting the steak right in front of you. Okay. Anyways, Anyways, we, we, we've talked about Philadelphia. We've talked about them before saying that um, you know they might make the playoffs with this, this current core. Mm-hmm. Markel Fultz. On this team, Ben Simmons is healthy. A little bit. Ben Simmons is healthy. Joel Embiid is healthy. Is it possible that this this 76ers team could make the playoffs this season? They could be the eighth yeah. seed. The Bulls made the eighth seed. The Bulls did make the eighth seed. The Bulls made the eighth seed. They, they, they were the even one a young seed. team. On they pa- would have beat I'd the say. number one seed right, if cool. Rondo didn't get injured. Yeah. On paper, though, be Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and Rajon Rondo. And I mean that old man. I'm just saying, was veterans, injured. Ve- veterans. Again, though. on paper, that's a that's mm-hmm. a that's a playoff roster. This is a roster of unpro- unproven players who can't stay healthy up to this point in time. Mm. Yes, we've seen you know well, Embiid look like the the dominant force <laughs> yeah. of the NBA already mm-hmm. in a short time span. Ben Simmons again is all hype, and we haven't actually gotten to watch him play an NBA game. The summer league games, which I weirdly enough had to rewatch because I was like really just like, how good was he really? Like, do I remember? <laughs> am I at this point imagining Ben Simmons being amazing? No, no, his passes were still ridiculous. Like that's still just. I the believe touch Sean the compared him to uh, Magic Johnson well, when he saw those passes. Not saying he was Magic, Johnson. E- but, but even even the one that he Magic threw Johnson a pass to and his so, didn't see it coming. So while I'm not like, saying Magic Johnson, well, I'm not saying they're a playoff team. I would not be surprised if they were a 30 to 40 mm-hmm. win team. I, I'm I, I I keep the open range though because it's really like. Well, 
I want to see them actually play before I can. We commit. look at what Embiid did by himself, really. I mean, Embiid by himself. I mean, yes, there was T.J. McConnell. Yes, there was you know uh, Rocco, all these players on this on, on this uh, the seventy six team. Dario as well. I mean, you look at this this lineup: Markel Fultz. Um, you got Simmons probably at the three, Dario at the four, and Embiid at the five. It's really that two spot that's unsure of who would really be there. Are they going to go with a guy mm-hmm. that's already on the roster? Are they going go through free agency? What if you bring in a guy like J.J. Redick, and you have Markel Fultz, J.J. Redick, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, and Bede. Would you say that's a playoff team then, Dave? I don't think you can run Dario in the starting lineup. I'm going to start with that. Well, that's I'm fine with Dario being a six man. I think that you'd have to slide everybody and put a Rocco in it's at fine. the three. Um, but, yeah, if you could add in a sharpshooter like J.J. Redick, uh, just... Or even just a volume score. I mean, like I like TLC. I think he just needs more time well, to develop. Do you think so. they need scoring or just shooting? Because you shooting. look, you look. It's outside yeah, shooting. Because you look at um, Fultz. We're thinking his top end's twenty points per game. Like I, at least I think in his rookie, rookie season, a fifteen to twenty. Yeah, rookie yeah. season. Rookie season. Top top end's twenty points per game. Yep. We saw Embiid in his stretch of games was around twenty points per game. Probably will put up an uptick. Yeah, if in he's like got twenty better, minutes. But if he's got and, and if he's got a better <laughs> team around him too, if he's got a better ball handler, ball. Right, there's, there's potential that taking his, players his away share from could go up or down. To like 25. He, could, he might go up to 25. It dep- yeah. uh, again, it depends on the system, how they want to play with all these young guys, all because right. I think a lot of it's going to be experimental. But still, you I look, think they're going to find their groove. What I'm saying is there's a lot of scoring on this team. You think you need a little more either defensively or just shooting in general, because yeah, really you look at the shooting. the floor. Yeah, you look at the shooting. You got Fultz, and then you got Embiid, who can stretch it out a little bit, but I'm not going to say Embiid's a shooter just yet. Knockdown three shooter. But if you bring in a <laughs> knockdown three-point shooter, like maybe yep. a J.R. Smith, maybe a a, a Kyle Korver, whoever's out there, I think this team, team could be really dangerous. I think this team can make the, the, the playoffs, to be honest with you, because I think, I think right now well, the 76ers are giving me a lot of hope that this team's going in the right direction. Well, and the team I kind of look at, and it, it's not a perfect, like nothing's a perfect 100% kind of go over, but I kind of look at the, I know we mentioned the Bulls because they were the eighth seed, but I look at the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, of course, they're led by Giannis, and Giannis is like not, he's not the same player as Embiid, although Embiid was drafted just the year following um, Giannis. But this was a team, Thon Maker, rookie, Malcolm Brogdon, rookie. Like, the rookies up, up like, I'm looking for the word of, they stepped up Elevated. to the plate yeah. and kind of played really well this season. Brogdon was a huge surprise. That's why we have an award named after him now here on the fast break, where I could see this Philadelphia team, if everything clicks and the injuries don't happen, and Markel Fultz kind of steps up like Brogdon did, like, 7th, 8th seed can be it. Just put him in there. I'll put him in there in the preseason. That's that's the scary thing. It's like, I want to be hyped. I am doing everything I can to not be hyped about this because I... I'll just say, yeah, they well, they could they could easily make here, the playoffs at the ace. I got I got a question. The East, the East is a shit show, and every mm-hmm. year I mean, there's an upheaval of about three teams who we don't expect to do as good or bad. So I'll give you that. I'll give I you mean, there. This team, if you add Markel Fultz and you can get a pickup of a three point shooter in free agency, any any three point shooter, done. I think I think the teams that are in question, at least in the East, would be you look at the Hawks. How how will they handle looking, mm-hmm. losing Millsap? Not saying that they will fall out, but the Hawks are are, are in that conversation. Um, Milwaukee, if they if someone gets hurt, because we've seen Milton go out before, Jabari go out before. God the forbid Bulls. anything happen to Giannis. 
Bulls are definitely in there. Pacers, if they get rid of Paul George. So, I mean, those four teams right there could probably fall out. I, I think the Raptors are fine. I think the Wizards are fine. I think the Cavs are fine. Celtics are fine. Yep. Um, those four, the Heat look like a team that they could bounce they, back in the playoffs. If they add a four and they pick up if they get Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward. I mean, that, that could be yeah. a, a dangerous team right there. Um, I, I honestly think that they can be a top 10 team for sure in, in the East. Yeah, I, mean, I think this is kind of that turning point that we've all been waiting for. I know Philadelphia fans have been waiting a long time for seeing – here is, you know, I really hope that everybody can stay healthy this year. And this is like a, like, here's year one of what we're going to do to this league. And you just see people going off left and right. And we really can't get into the Celtics side because we're going to have to do yeah. the Celtics uh, Celtics topic on their own. So um, if you do want to check that well, out, just go to our YouTube channel. And check I got that one out. Or question. Or on Blog Talk Radio, you can listen to the full podcast. And I got go. one question I kind of want to throw in there for the 76er side. Because we're talking about them making the playoffs. Yeah. And I kind of think about maybe this is me, but is Brett Brown the guy? Do you see him being oh, yeah. the guy that when this team turns over and does, like, if they turn over and start to then have success, is he the guy that's going to do it? Or does Philadelphia pull a Golden War or Golden State Warriors esque thing where it's like, you know what? They're good. We're going to let him go this enough. year to try to get someone else because he's been around four years. This will be five. Mark Jackson only had, that was his third year at Golden State. I'm not I saying to be perfectly the same, but is Brett Brown the guy to bring these guys to where they want to go? It's a fair I, question. Is he just the. The guy that oh I'm gonna pass it off to the next. I guy. think it's something where you at least give him a chance because at least at least at least seems like Brett Brown gets along with his players, players coach. He has the at least pedigree too, being uh, a pop guy too. I mean he's won like, mm-hmm. five championships um, with I think he left in like 2007 or whatever that was, and that was the last or that was the last championship he won with the Spurs in 2007. Um, so I, I, yeah, was, but he wasn't a coach got, though; he was just the director of no, uh, player coach. operations. He was an assistant coach back was then. Was he? Yeah. I thought it was just the He might have moved then and then moved to a coach. I, anyways, I just think he at least deserves a chance. I'm not sure because mm-hmm. um, he really hasn't played with a great team yet. I mean, yeah. you look at what he was brought in. I mean, this is post-Iggy trade, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I really haven't seen him with a great Philadelphia 76ers team and what he can do with it. So, if he has the talent now, I think then you bring in the question, should he be in the hot seat? Is he going to be enough? I, I think Brett Brown def- definitely deserves a chance to prove himself to be a worthy coach. I think it's something that we'll look on at least, at least after the season because we really haven't seen anything mm-hmm. from him with a, with a decent roster. So, um, anyways, uh, again, check out Blog Talk Radio if you want to listen to this full podcast and check out the Celtics one, or you can just go to our YouTube channel. It's going to be posted two days after this one. It's usually mm-hmm. our, our schedule. So go over there, check out the Celtics one. We'll talk about the Celtics side, who they're going to do with the three-pick three, three pick if this deal goes through. But I'm glad that there's some trade talks because I was getting a little I'm bit glad bored. Something I'm glad something kind of shook, was. Kind yep. of shook I'm, this I'm thing I'm glad up. we got something to shake it up, but I think <laughs> let's move on now to a different shakeup. Port came out from John Gambadoro. He reported on Monday. I don't know which exact Monday, but he said that Josh Jackson has received a promise from a team in the top uh, three. Now this is kind of a little bit mixed up now with mm-hmm. the possible trade of the Celtics and 76ers. It pretty much meant, you know, we really didn't think the Celtics were going to pick Josh Jackson. What anyways. if they did? What we if thought they, it was going to be. What if it was them we'll and get now to they're it. moving back? We'll get to it. Markel Fultz obviously was probably mm-hmm. the number one pick. Um, and then now this has kind of pushed people's focus towards the Los Angeles Lakers mm-hmm. and wondering if Josh Jackson got a promise from the Los Angeles Lakers. Now he got a second workout as well. Um, reports, though, coming out saying that that workout did not go well at all. So we will see what happens. But now the question is, we've talked about so much about Lonzo Ball going to Los Angeles Lakers, going being the pick for them. They need a facilitator. He's pretty much the perfect fit. What if they go away from Lonzo Ball, they go Josh Jackson? How does Josh Jackson fit with the Los Angeles Lakers? And should he even be the pick? I don't think he should. And the main reason why is I just think that the pick of ball 
and having Ball at the one, D'Lo at the two, and Ingram at the three is a lot better of a fit for me than if you take Jackson, you're going to move D'Lo back over to the one, and then it's kind of a mixed match of, well, obviously Ingram would play the two and Jackson would play the three, but really you can have some cases where it's like, no, I want Ingram to play the three, and it's like you you have so much to think about with that situation where I would just take ball, take the guy that you need, the facilitator, the guy who is also going to help sell tickets because he's a Laker kid. Well, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I, I agree, but I think the funny thing is, like, I think it's too much thinking. It's the little, I mean, it's obviously sometimes they're doing the, a lot of thinking going some, into the draft. I don't think thinking is going to push them away. Sometimes the simple answers are the ones that pay off. That's fair. Uh, Dave, should Josh Jackson be the pick for the Lakers at two? If they are going for the highest upside player... At that point, I think you go Josh Jackson. I think fit-wise, Ricky's correct, and Lonzo Ball fits the immediate need. He, he fills out this team a little bit better. But Josh Jackson has potential to become like one of the best two-way players in this league. Uh, he's shown what he can do defensively. Offensively, he's starting to get hot towards the end of the season. So, honestly, I, I don't really have any problem with them making this move. It's just more so of a, them saying, you know what? We'll find our fit at point guard, or we're giving Tilo another year to, you know, figure out if he is the right guy. If not, we'll move him over and get a point guard next year, and we're not going to worry about this. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I I think you can't have enough good wings in today's NBA, and I think the fact that they're bringing Brandon Ing- Brandon Ingram along uh, at his current pace is fine. And I have no problem seeing Ingram and Jackson continue to grow together. I agree with you that best best player available, Josh Jackson, because I, I, my at least one two is Fultz and Josh Jackson. At least if you look at a big board, yep. those two are my my best players available. Then you bring in the fit part about fit. Easy. Lonzo Ball is the best fit for this team because then again, you know, it's it's simple just to move mm-hmm. D'Lo over, put Lonzo Ball at the one. Uh, you got Brandon Ingram Murray for your three. Julius Randle, as of right now, is your four. Sorry, Dave. And then five. I was just saying, unless Dave's the head coach. Five. five. <laughs> I would still start Randle at the moment. Five, you can go with Zizek or Zubak. Until he gets Zizek. Zizek with Celtics. Wrong team. We're going to have that showdown, though. Zubak. Yes, we will. Zubak's your five, or possible five, or you might go with Moskov to start, yeah. Because you're paying them a ton of money. But you look at this, and and at least that makes the most sense. But really looking at Josh Jackson, how does he fit with the players currently on this team? So Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, does it seem somewhat cohesive? Do you see it fitting? I mean, obviously Lonzo is the better fit, but how would at least Brandon Ingram and Josh Jackson play off of each other? Because you look at Brandon Ingram, we talked about his shot, kind of being more of like a KD guy, being that scorer, Josh Jackson being a two-way player. Would that fit with those two, or do you think that it might be too much where Brandon Ingram's uh, growth might be stunted because Josh Jackson might be the better scorer as of right now, might be at least have a better NBA body right now. Yeah, I think my biggest concern is how they would all work together within the system because Luke Walton came from the uh, school of the mm-hmm. Warriors with extremely heavy passing and finding the open man and three the, such a value placed on the three-point shot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my major concern is if we're having that value, we have a semi-selfish guard in D'Angelo Brown and scoring wise are we going to depend who, who's our score because we watched after Lou Williams left they kind of lost their identity when it came to scoring Josh for, Jackson's your score so if you draft Jackson he's your is score is Jackson your score over Ingram he's the go to guy is he your score yes. really I would say that it's like in the thing that I think of and I'm glad you brought up the um, Luke Walton with his Golden State ties because the thing I think of is that with how this team with Luke Walton with his plan of like okay 
Let's work what worked in. Um, I mean, Golden we watched State, it work early on with, for the Lakers team. They were hot to start the transition. Season ball. I can see Josh Jackson being a go-to scorer in transition, but also I kind of think about with how good Jackson is. I know that it's one of those things where, yeah, you know what, he doesn't have that great of a overall shot, but he can develop that and that defense. What do the Warriors have? The Warriors had that guy where it's like, we need a lockdown defender. Clay, go get him. That's what Josh Jackson could be to this team, where it's like, we need this guy, we need this guy shut down. Hey, Josh, go get him. You also have Brendan Ingram, who is a ridiculously and that's, long defender and could develop into more, a could defender develop himself. And, and, that's, defender. and that's the thing I think this pick ultimately you have to decide between one of two things. Who are you giving up on? Delo or Ingram? Because if you bring in Jackson, if if you're bringing in Jackson, then you're telling Ingram, it's like, well, you know, we weren't really happy with you that first year, and you might stunt his growth. But if you bring in Ball, then it's like, well, you know, D'Lo, we're moving over to the two. You're just not a fit for us at the one. So either way, you could affect either player. I I think you could affect, but um, I I think that fit-wise, I'm not concerned with the overlap between Mm -hmm. uh, Jackson and Ingram as much as I would be between Fultz and—or not Fultz, uh, between Ball and uh, D'Lo. Like, I think that, that that's a direct role overlap. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you watch uh, Ingram's game and Jackson's game, it's not, it, it doesn't overlap exactly. They excel at different things while they play. I mean, at, at the core basis, I guess, yeah, they're both longer guys who have really great defensive potential. Shooting-wise, they're in progress. I don't want to say, like, well, they're just in progress. And, they're I mean, there. you brought up the Warriors. It's something where, I mean, you look at Clay and Curry, they work together even though they're both technically shooters. I mean, you look at... At, at, at those guys, I mean, they they're both can work off ball. They both can work with the ball in their mm-hmm. hands. Um, Curry's Curry's obviously better with the ball in his hands. I would say probably Josh Jackson's better with the ball in his hands. I mean, that's that's kind of debatable because they're both still young. Right. Um, I at least like Josh Jackson driving to the basket more because he does have a better body, at least drawing contact. Because Ingram at least is it, you know still doesn't have that size, doesn't have that bulk. Where Josh Jackson does kind of bring a little bit of that bulk right now. Um, I think that again, those two will f- be able to fit together because wings really don't step on each other's toes, even if. They they play together because you can still put them on the opposite side of the court. Um, so those two, I, I don't really think they stunt their growth. And the D'Angelo Russell, I don't think he's, he's really going to stunt his growth because he's still going to be in the same position. He's just getting an upgrade in uh, teammates. Again, I agree with Dave that he might have more of an overlap, uh, overlap with Lonzo because then now he's not handling the ball as much. Now he doesn't have that creed, uh, creativeness in his hand. He has to rely on Lonzo. However, I think that might help D'Angelo flourish just mm-hmm. because D'Angelo probably works better, at least in a scoring role and not in a creative mode. And he can work solely on getting to the bucket, Working off ball, working well, off screens, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's the thing. If you take Jackson, then you're stuck with, basically, you're stuck with D'Lo as your, okay, he's our ball handler. And like you said, if he's not that creative side and he's the go-to, then it kind of, to me, I'm I'm sitting there going, I don't like what I see. When I close my eyes and envision the offense, I don't like what I see with this. Mm-hmm. I'll go with the guy who can pass and can make this offense flow and get me more so to where I want this offense well, to be. I agree completely. That's why I'd still have yeah. them go Lonzo Ball. Yeah. I, I still think Lonzo Ball is the best fit mm-hmm. for this team. But, again, if, if this promise if is true, if Jackson, this report yeah. is true, and they're going Josh Jackson again, I, I think that 
you also look at D'Angelo Russell too. I mean, he still have trade value. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking for a guy that mm-hmm. you know, I no, no. <laughs> every player has trade value. You're, you I'm not correct. saying you're going to get D'Angelo Russell for a third next year, but you still might be able to get swap point guards and, and maybe get a better fit for your point guard. I'm not saying you're going to be able to get like Mike Conley for fucking D'Angelo Russell. No, but I'm just saying he still has trade yeah. value. No, I mean no, Andrew Bynum had trade value. Guys with shitty contracts still have trade value yep. just because you can get. No, something I'm just the bad. thought of trading D'Lo at this point in his career. I think is. I'm it's too knee-jerk. After the season. Yeah. I mean, after the season, if he's not progressing as a point guard, but people still see the scoring ability yeah. of D'Angelo Russell, still see something in him. Worst that he case value, he's value. a great six-man off the bench because he yeah. gives that punch of scoring. I mean, that's my, my thing looking at uh, L.A. last year was their scoring once they got rid of Lou Williams. It was really a, a combo attack between D'Angelo Russell and Clarkson trying to manage that offense and get people involved. And honestly, there wasn't a ton to love after that midway point in the year. So it was like we got to watch Ingram had a little bit of awful. growth. Yeah, he, was he wasn't awful. he wasn't terrible. His three point shot he looked really bad, but like yeah. uh from his mid range at least he yeah. picked up. He no, seemed I'm, to be a little more aware and involved in the offense. I think he his problem was his disappearing in the offense. And I don't, I think that's more of a like personality and a presence on the court thing that as a young kid you don't go in there and you're mm-hmm. not all about me. I want the ball and all that stuff. Like that's just not who he is. So I think that's gonna kinda grow and as long as I keep pushing to keep him more involved, I think he will continue to develop and, and pick up that shot. That's why I, I get where you're going with the, like, is it going to stunt growth or are we going the wrong direction for one of these two guys? I think you go, if they want to go for best player available, I'm fully confident in them continuing to develop all of these players at the same time. And Brandon Ingram, you look at him once he hit February and, and after February, he saw an uptick in minutes, started playing around 30, 30 minutes a game, 30-plus minutes per game uh, in February, March, and April. And in that span, averaged around 11.9 points per game, um, hit over 40% from the field. And I think, you, you, like you mentioned, he kind of regressed uh, coming from threes. He went from like 35 to 30 to 25. So yeah. that was a little bit of a negative, but also that's something where you know he might have not been getting in a flow. You saw the lack, like you mentioned, of Lou Williams have kind of stalled the offense. So it's something where Brandon Ingram did show promise, especially in the second half of the season, and at least when Lou Williams went out, at least shooting from the field and the mid-range game, like you said. So at least looking at this team, I think Brandon Ingram for sure is, is looking fine. I think, I think they're going to take him along slowly. I think they should be doing that. D'Angelo Russell, I think this is probably going to be his make or break season if he's able to and this is if they take Josh Jackson if, if D'Angelo Russell um, is able to be that facilitator um, then great you're going to have your point guard of the future you got your two of the future and Josh Jackson you got your three of the future Brandon Ingram or however you want to flip mm-hmm. that um, and you have at least your your first three set up and then if you want to go with Randall you can go with Randall or, and uh, you know obviously Zubak looked very nice um, at the offensively, yeah, he, offensively. Just has a, he so, has such such a good touch on the rim. so if he's able to develop I mean you at least have your starting four so uh, in five, if Randall you know is, is able to be uh, enough there. So I look at the Lakers. I think they're in a, in a good position. But then again, um, I think you know Josh Jackson could be a nice fit again. I think he's the best player available. But mm-hmm. it's really on that fit. And again, I don't know. I don't want to take too much of his dad and his just personality or into it's factor. It's hard to separate but them. Lonzo, yeah, it's hard to separate Lonzo and Lavar. So and maybe in any way, maybe that might be pushing the Lakers behind. You know, be past. Lonzo Ball and looking more at Josh Jackson and even though Josh Jackson has his own personal problems um, off the court I, I think those are probably more worrisome than LeVar Ball um, but still you look at that maybe it's something where um, you see something that might be worrying them and maybe they're not going to come mm-hmm. out public, publicly and say it but it's something that maybe they like Josh Jackson's fit and they don't 
like the fact that or they like the fact that he's at least not bringing uh, attention off the court um, through the media with LeVar Ball. Well, and the thing that I think that I find most interesting is, of course, I'm on the side that Lonzo's the better fit also, but you mentioned at the beginning of the segment that Josh Jackson had a second workout with the Lakers and it didn't go so well. Well, apparently earlier today, Lonzo had his second workout and a source told um, Ramona Shelberg from ESPN that it went solid. And the only two that were um, there were Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka were the only two to attend the workout. So the GM and now Mm -hmm. the basketball basketball operations. He's the Theo Epstein of the Lakers. Yes, Theo Epstein, Magic Johnson, same person, right? Mm -hmm. Interchangeable. Um, but looking at this, um, I, again, I, I think you're still going to get value no matter what. I think I think mm-hmm. if you take Lonzo Ball, if you get, take Josh Jackson, you're still going to get value. I think we all agree, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Dave, because you're the only one that would yep, disagree. I'm going Lonzo. That Lonzo should be the pick for the yeah, Lakers. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Lonzo, at this point, I just would go, what are we going to do in our system? Lonzo Ball fits not only the system, but the guys around him perfectly and, and I really do see the upside of sliding over D'Lo to the two and, and seeing this team have fantastic ball movement. Having Clarkson come off the bench is still perfect for them. They do want to move him. They do have that luxury now. And go ahead and pick up somebody else to develop in the future. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens with the Lakers. Of course, let us know what you think the Lakers should be doing at the second overall pick. Should they even be looking at Josh Jackson um, and, and about Josh Jackson? How would he fit with this team? Again, I don't think it would be a crazy fit. I don't think it's a terrible mm-hmm. fit. I think there's better fits out there. But then again, if you're going best player available, I can't really blame it. So tell us what you think of the possibility of Josh Jackson going to the Los Angeles Lakers. But anyways, let's move on now to the Boston Celtics, the other half of that first segment. So if you're joining us from that first segment, thank you so much. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, you rock. Listen to that whole, <laughs> whole podcast, Blog Talk Radio slash Fast Break. If you want to listen to the full podcast but anyways let's jump into this we're talking about who the boston celtics should take at third overall if they end up there because again nothing's finalized i think mm-hmm. dave you said that um it should be finalized if it does get finalized by monday Potentially monday uh, yeah. drafts thursday by the time this is going up on youtube so perfect exactly so if you are here they possibly traded for the third overall pick mm-hmm. and we're gonna be talking about who they should be taking at third overall pick um we really talked about markel fultz in in, in you know an extents uh to the boston celtics that's what dave and i had for pretty much all five mock drafts. It's pretty much a, a perfect fit in our mind, but obviously now it's not going to happen because mm-hmm. you look at Isaiah Thomas' contract, it's coming up. He could sit behind a T for a year, and then Fultz can step in and be the heir apparent to Isaiah Thomas in Boston at that point guard position. But now it's a little murky. Now you have to wait on two other teams. Um, we're pretty sure Fultz is going to be off the board with the 76ers taking him if that is a finalized deal. And then you look at that second overall pick. We just talked about Josh Jackson possibly going there. We just talked about Lonzo Ball going there. So those two are possibilities. Whoever does not get taken by the Lakers. So who should the Boston Celtics take at third overall and why? I want to say Josh Jackson. Okay. I do. And like and that's the, with Lonzo off your Yeah, board. with yeah. Lonzo, because I think that the Lakers will go Lonzo. I just, I, I, I look at it and I go, yeah, let's go Josh Jackson. Because like you mentioned, where it's like it's Fultz and then it's Jackson are the top two on the big board. But then part of me is like, well, then is, I know Jalen Brown, you kind of eased him in and you're maybe not expecting him to boom, take over that starting role in year two, but it's kind of a similar situation. I know your part people are going to say, boom, BPA, take it. Don't even worry about mm-hmm. fit. But part of me goes, so if we take Josh Jackson, what's Jalen Brown's future with this team? Is it just a bench player? Is that what he's going to be? Or are we going to find a spot for Jalen Brown, who we just took with a top three pick last year? No, I, I think that 
the, the problem here is Ingram to Jackson is a little different than uh, yeah. Brown to Jackson. So mm-hmm. th- that's my one concern. But I think that Jalen Brown showed quite a lot in, in limited minutes last year. I and that's still the thing. He showed a lot. And he's a, and he's a guy who was a raw rawer prospect, raw talent, yeah, raw, unpolished, mm-hmm. unpolished prospect. Had and, a lot uh, of, I'll be honest, had a lot of questions about him coming yep. in. Thought he was going to be a bust. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily showing that you give up on him by going after another wing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's more so just like you said, it's best player available at that point, and everybody else is seen as a reach. I don't wholeheartedly believe in that, but if you look at the guys around him, say, you know, things do go as expected, so you're left with the option of going uh, either like Josh Jackson, JT, uh, possibly now there's talks about Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, being mm-hmm. interviewed again mm-hmm. uh, by the Celtics. So I, I think by no means is this set in stone at this time. I think they're, I think it, assuming this trade goes through, it looks very clear that they could go one of three ways. And I honestly think it's. My most likely thing is mm-hmm. going Jackson as best player available. I think best fit or most interesting fit would be putting someone like uh, Dennis Smith Jr. on this team, someone who has potential for superstar written all over him. Well, He's just got a couple question marks And, and that fact, I mean, we don't know if De'Aaron Fox will get another interview if they have De'Aaron Fox even mm-hmm. on his radar. Right. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, we think, is a better point guard prospect. Well, I, I would agree with that. I, think. I mean... Because he's, he's the one that's usually going in our mocks ahead of Dennis Smith Jr. I would take him ahead but of Dennis fit, Smith, but I love Dennis Smith. Fit for the Celtics is what I'm thinking mm-hmm. here. And this is already a team that has a extremely defensive guard backcourt mm-hmm. outside of Isaiah Thomas. So I'm not really looking at them needing someone like Fox who is known for his pedigree on defense but is also has that hold back of, well, the shot's not quite right, and he's not our lead scorer. So say we do decide that Isaiah is not going to be our long-term solution because mm-hmm. who wants a aging point guard uh, coming up well, on 30? I think Dennis Smith Jr. is a guy who you look at and go, you know what, if we pick him up, we have an explosive guard off the bench. And he can grow underneath Isaiah for the next year. The one thing I want to mention, though, is, is with that and, and thinking at least the shooting aspect of it, if they don't need to go defense, would Lonzo even be in the decision then? Because if they need at least a scorer to kind of fill that Isaiah Thomas position, if Lonzo's there, do they even go oh, Lonzo? If, Lonzo, if Josh Jackson I know is you taken by the Lakers, yeah. I take him. He's the best point guard on the board. But and the thing that I was fit wise, well, I mean, Dave brings up a here's good the point. Thing, here's the thing I was going to throw out. And of course, this situation was Lonzo to the Lakers and with Josh Jackson. Mm-hmm. The thing that I think about is maybe I do go with De'Aaron Fox above Dennis Smith because one of the big criticisms that we've heard from people in the sports media world about IT has been, how can you be the guy, but I have to take you off the court because you're a defensive liability? Where if De'Aaron Fox comes in, I'm looking at him being the guy, yeah, he's got to work on a shot. But he's- I, can fe- I can feel confident he can do that, but he can have a better ceiling as a defender at the point guard position. I my only point of contest there is that often in college we saw him not be the guy, but mm-hmm. he was the guy to facilitate the guy, and that's that's my concern. Is I don't know that they have that go to answer for scoring on this team. I mean, all right ch- now, could Al all Horford change, looks very good. Could all change in free agency. They could, could. get Gordon Hayward, but yes. also I mean but we don't they, know yet. They, we, I, they we haven't could. Hit free agency I'm saying yet. I'm saying they could, but I also look at what they have right now. And the one guy I do look at is 
Avery, Bra- Avery Bradley from the outside. I know you're not looking at him like Ricky. He's nowhere near what a Gordon Hayward would be to this team. But De'Aaron Fox could be someone where it's like, and of course it comes into the decision of what are you going to do at IT? You have to be thinking about that in the future because if you have the thought of I am not going to pay him, you might have to go point guard at this spot. And if I can get a facilitator to, okay, now in free agency I can bring in the guys like Hayward and I already got have guys like Bradley who can be on the outside. Fox drives in, dishes out, Bradley can hit the shot. Horford can be out there. He can stretch from outside. So they can have something special with someone who can drive and kick. And at least they keep the facilitator. I mean, and, and you also look at what Isaiah Thomas made his money off of. Mm-hmm. It was coming off of screens, taking God, the ball, and then that. going to the hole. So I don't see De'Aaron Fox really being limited in that aspect. Well, I think De'Aaron Fox is limited in a shot, but at least driving, I don't think he's limited. Finishing is the question for him. True, mm-hmm. but you also look at his speed, oh, and, no, that, and you look at makes you look at his day. body. There's a lot well, of room to grow there, and the whole so re- and that's something. And that's something yeah. that, you, know, you look at Jalen Brown. He had a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. I think that's why for some reason the Boston Celtics liked him. I think that could be a, a, a nice fit there for for De'Aaron Fox in Boston. Well, and the whole reason why they would do that and have. Um, Isaiah Thomas come off the screens is because of his height. You know, instead of having him with the ball in his hands... He can duck under Horford's well, shoulder. No, it's, <laughs> it's... Instead of having the ball in his hands and just drive in and get clocked, he can go, with his speed, go around the screen, and, like, all these plays that you see it on, when he's coming around that screen, it's like, wide open lane, get me the ball. Get me the ball, and now I can get it and drive it right up and in. Whereas Dennis Smith and De'Aaron Fox... You don't have to worry about that. And with Dennis Smith, the thing that I like from him is put the ball in his hands and he's going to drive to the basket. And I don't have to worry about being creative with, ooh, how can I get him the ball and have him come off he's the screen? He's factor. It's just, it's there. With, so either point guard they go with, I could be like, yeah, okay, that's a good thing. See, and, but it, it, we go back to this. And if Josh Jackson ends up as a Laker, I don't mm-hmm. think the Celtics go with Monzo Ball at all. I honestly don't see him being a fit at all. I, I mean, if if Fall we're going ball. if we're going with the same exact Suns would love it. If we're going with the same exact, um, and yeah, apparently they're trying to trade up to the two. But anyways, mm-hmm. that's a different story. Um, that's something where at least you look at Lonzo Ball. He's a guy that creates, and he's a guy that does not create his own shot. He's a guy that's not going to be a, a scorer at all. I mean, you know, he's going to be a scorer in the sense that he will put up points, um, but like you know, sit around ten to fifteen. But he's not going to be the guy that you go to. Isaiah Thomas is the guy that you go to. Dennis Smith could be the guy that you go to. Darren Fox could be a guy that you could go to to just run your offense, and then also maybe possibly end up being a scorer. I don't yeah. see that in Lonzo at all. I don't see Lonzo being quick enough to go around those screens. I don't see Lonzo being quick enough to create that space and then ultimately drive past the defender with you know the guy still trailing him and then getting to the hole and, and creating enough room to at least you know throw up that shot yes he's a good shooter from the outside and, and he's at least an efficient shooter from the outside but you worry about that shooting motion you worry about his ability to uh, beat NBA defenders and you see him get beat by a guy like Darren Fox I still look at this and, and I think that Lonzo Ball isn't that great of a fit for the Boston Celtics I think that I think that's one reason why Fultz was mocked to the mm-hmm. Celtics so heavily is because he was a nice fit there already, just replacing Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. But I think it's—I also think it's something where I look at Lonzo Ball and and he's really kind of—you mentioned him in our overrated prospects. He's kind of kind of lost his luster at least to Whoa. me because he's a great leader. He's a fantastic leader. Has a great body. Mm-hmm. Has a, has an ability to create. But outside of that. I don't really see a ton of potential for him being a scorer. Well, I'm going to say this, and I mean, you agree with me, because in the last segment we had the same, well, we all had the same pick, was I think the point's kind of moot because we all said he's going to the Lakers. 
And it's, we don't know that. That's what we think, though. Of course, Georgia's Papi Giannis was the twelfth pick overall. Of course, we, we don't didn't know. Thirteenth pick overall. We don't know. Of shit. course, we don't know that's going to happen. And I mean, if he does fall to three, then you have that discussion. But in my mind, I have a hard time visualizing Lonzo falling past the Lakers. And if he does fall to the Celtics, they'll pass on him. The Suns will take him, and they'll be happy. I think that this decision is ultimately going to be: who do we take? Josh Jackson. De'Aaron Fox or Dennis Smith. It's going to be one of two decisions. You're going to make two. You're going to make one, which is part A, Jackson or the guard. If you say no to Jackson, you're going the guard. Okay, question B, Fox or Smith. And that's going to be what we're going to be dealing with at three for the Celtics, in my mind. It's going to be interesting. And one thing with Josh Jackson, too, um, I think that if, if they do take Josh Jackson, that might make a guy like Jay Crowder at least expensible because— Well, he's he, been in trade talks already. Yeah, I mean, well, so is Avery Bradley, but I don't yeah, know if Avery Bradley's yeah. expensible. That's because you're bringing in a guy yeah. in Jimmy Butler well, now or you Paul can't, George But now you can that. actively trade Crowder a little bit more seriously. Well, and, and but it's also something where at least—I'm not exactly specific on Jay Crowder's contract specifics and how long he will be a, a Celtic, but you still look at— what he brings to the table, he doesn't have that potential still. Great NBA player. Um, he's a know, free agent after the 2019-2020 season. So he's still so he's got, got three more years. He's got three more years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's something where he's a guy that's controllable, a guy that can add to your team. Maybe you wait a year to trade him, uh, and you, you trade him with two years left, or maybe you wait for it until he has one year, year left. But still, you look at that, you, you see uh, Avery Bradley, uh, I mean, the, the one thing that's going to oh be there God. is I didn't see, you didn't you should mention the, the the killer line. What's what's his contract? What, what's his year? It's like five his mil. year. It's he's got six point seven this year, then seven point three, then seven point eight. Pennies on the dollar value. And maybe they don't even have to trade him. I mean, uh, that's that's incredible. But that's something where at least you look at that and maybe it makes them expensive because then you look at this lineup and you have a lot of players and, yeah, and you have a lot. I of, think that's the thing that they're overloaded players on players. Well, and that's, that's why that's why I think Isaiah Thomas makes sense. At least Isaiah Thomas leaving makes sense well, because he's a guy that's aging. He's a guy that you know makes his money on his speed and his ability to get by players. But when you're 30 years old, when you're a guy with a max contract and you're just going to be there for five years, when you're a guy like 35 years old, that speed, that quickness is going to be gone. So that's something where I at least look at that and it, it's tough for me to say that. Isaiah Thomas is going to be there for a couple more years. And and I'm not saying that's because well, he's a bad player, got, but at least giving him a max. They've got two actual um, big pieces in their backcourt that after the season they're going to have to decide on is, Bradley of course, Thomas, first right? one is Thomas. The other one's Bradley. Bradley's yeah. a free agent after the summer. He's a younger, better shooter. He fits yeah. the NBA better. He's a, he's a three mm-hmm. and D player. That's what you, you that's what you try to draft when you're a playoff team. Yeah. You try to draft a guy that can come off the bench and be a 3-and-D player. I think that it's going to come, like I said, come down to Jackson and the guards. In my head, like I said at the beginning, I want to say, you know what, go BP. Like, what we've heard in the comments this entire time whenever we do mock drafts, I've heard it, like, at nauseum. Ricky, you're drafting too much for fit. Just go BPA. In the NBA, you go BPA. But I look at this pick and I go, well, with BPA and Jackson, you already have Brown, you already have Crowder. 
Like Dave mentioned with Crowder, the contract isn't that much money. You also have Jalen Brown on his rookie deal still, and they're both controllable. They're both free agents but after three it's years. It's something too that we haven't seen this many this this type of scenario often. Mm-hmm. This is the Boston Celtics went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Sixty win team. You need a team. Mm-hmm. You need someone that fits because you're not going to be able to develop a guy. You need someone who fits into your your uh, your system and and fits into the, your your future plans because that was something that was so great with Markel well, Fultz, the Boston Celtics, because he not only did fit into your future, he also fit to your team well, because he's replacing is, Isaiah Thomas and he's going to play the similar role and has the body type to do so. Here's the thing that and, and this he was is BPA. and me and Dave talked about this when we mentioned this with the Bulls. This is the thing I hate about the NBA season. I hate that the draft comes before free agency. I hate it. I can't stand it because if free agency came first, then Boston can be like, well, you know what? Let's go for Gordon Hayward. Okay, we have Gordon Hayward. Now what young talent we do we want to bring guard in? Now, yeah. Mm. Right now, like I'd sit there and maybe it's me being the optimist. I'd go, you know what? Screw it. Let's take one of the guards and let's make a hard push for Gordon Hayward. Because if you bring Gordon Hayward in, it makes it fun. then there's that guy. Then there's that guy where it's like, okay, we can let IT walk or we can I mean, move IT I, or we can do something with IT. At least a sidebar. I think it makes it more fun, though. Because then if you if you fuck up and you're like, oh, we're going to get Gordon Hayward, yeah, let's go with the guard, all, and then you don't get him, you're like, oh, shit. It's yeah, more put, put all your money on that, that chance to I think get it's fun. It's more see. fun on an excitement level on our side. But if I was, <laughs> say as an owner. If I was an owner <laughs> or a GM or a basketball operations be guy, I'd be like, you know what, give me free agency first and let me get the guy before I draft kind of like the NFL does yeah no I, I think for me it's just that question of uh like the Celtics you're talking about what is their need their need is rebounding like mm-hmm. they're, they're god awful rebounding there's no one who I think they really value that highly with that early pick so I go like I said best play available I there there's no amount of wings that you can max out on wings in today's NBA is the most valuable position Point guard is like we talked about. It's oversaturated. There's a lot of guys who are uh, really talented. There are a lot of really Jackson talented guys. Rebound, so yeah. you need a guy down low who can rebound for the Celtics. I mean, I'll take anybody who can rebound. <laughs> anybody. You, you give me some guy. Th- nah, anybody. So personally, for me, it's I, I think that you go with the wing if uh, the fit is right with Josh Jackson. And the, the big problem there is. Are you going to turn this into the next move for a superstar if you whiff on mm-hmm. a Gordon Hayward in free agency? Is this a stepping stone, or is this a, we're going to develop over time, and I know they won't get the most playing time here. It's not we're, we're going to max them out at 30 minutes his rookie year, mm-hmm. but you know as long as they're patient, we're, we're still going to be you know a 45-win-plus team every couple of, or every year going forward because we have so much talent already collected here. Like It's, it's, a, it's a hard balance because you, we know they're not good enough to go win a championship. But the question is, is like at that point, are we going for developing the young guys in the team, or are we still in it for let's continue winning fifty games, fifty five games a year? Could mm-hmm. you have both though? Could and that's, you, that's could you right now they, they're, they're sort of in that position. And I think you could because again, I think Isaiah Thomas is the the guy that does not fit that half and half mm-hmm. because you can mix a guy like Avery Bradley who's 26 27 however old he is you can mix a guy like Gordon Hayward who again 26 27 you can mix that where guys are still going to be in their prime for at least three more years and still at least going to be prime to 32 well, well, then fuck five I, years I'm going to throw, um, throw this out there May, is this the Celtics and this whole move and if it goes through is this the Celtics kind of saying we talk about windows all the time mm-hmm. LeBron's window the Warriors window 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 is this Danny Ainge saying, I can trade back, 
get the guy that because I mentioned it in our Lakers segment. You said that one of the top three teams promised Jackson that they take him. Yeah. What if it was the Celtics? What if Danny Ainge said, "What if it was all lies? We're taking you. Smoke we're screaming. taking you. Watch it." And then they work this trade. They get a pick for the future. And this is Ainge just saying, "We're just going to build these assets, get some of these young players." But that Nets trade I got. Oh, that window closed. Here's all these picks. Put it on the table. Here's a veteran coming in via trade. I, I think, and then boom, they're but, over the top. But also, you look at that. You still is he getting, just waiting? You're still getting Jalen Brown. You're still yes. getting Josh Jackson. So he's building you this still team, have and that, then he's just going to still have that, that Nets pick next star. year. If that if that uh, if that 76ers mm-hmm. trade is that Laker pick, so he's build, then you're getting two more building the team. And what on top I'm saying, of that, you also have I'm future concerns for the Clippers pick and Memphis pick down the road. What I'm saying is then that's four possible starting players that you can get in the top five mm-hmm. in four consecutive or three consecutive drafts. I mean, you could just build a team uh, that's, through that. Yeah. I mean, you don't even kinda need to like wait how on the, the picks. War- kind of like how the Warriors yeah, did. Yeah, but they're doing that while winning the conference. Yeah. They, they won no, 60 I'm talking games. About, like, before, first. before that, like when they picked Steph and then they got no, Clay and then they got... But what I'm saying is is you can ha- be still successful mm-hmm. during that window. We, yeah. we we know what you're saying. We to understand fair, what exactly. you're saying. To be fair, that, that, that's more of a uh, Cavaliers thing with how many top five players they have on their team. How as, many as they were hand- Oh, LeBron left. Here you go. Here's the first. And then, and then here's, oh, here's MGK the Oh, MGK is sitting there with you? Okay, here's the first. Well, he was just more talking about Caleb, <laughs> LeBron, Kyrie, no, Tristan Thompson, the, Darren like, Williams, Derek Williams. All the first Williams. round picks that they were um, giving him. Who else was I think JR wasn't. I don't think. But there was like but yeah, five or six players. that's the point. It's just like... You look at these teams, and to be able to build that naturally, like you said, mm-hmm. there's a lot of value in that. And I think that, honestly, the Celtics aren't going to push it. Now, I think it's you hit that realistic moment when you played that series against the Cavs and went, yeah, no, no, we, we can't do this right now. But you know what we can do? We have every pick. Like, we have so many picks. We got all the picks. I want to go Donald Trump on this. But they got, they've got a ton of picks. They've got guys overseas who we got so will many be picks, to come you're going to get sick of drafting. I'm sick, of, I'm sick of talking Celtics draft. No, I love well, that. That's, well, that's one thing with the Celtics is that you look at all the fans' reaction on r slash NBA and they're like, no, yeah. I don't want this. Give us Fultz. We want Fultz. We're used to Fultz. Don't give us the change. Um, but still, I think it's something interesting where they might be shooting for that window. Um, maybe it's something where you see a guy with a lot mm-hmm. of potential, a guy with a lot of BPA or you know at least best player available. Uh, they thought Jalen Brown was that. Josh Jackson was that. You also, if you bring in a guy like Gordon Hayward, you bring in, um, you still you, you keep around Avery Bradley, you keep around Jay Crowder, somehow you keep win around and develop at the same time. El Horford, yeah, you mean unicorn level. You're gonna you're gonna develop those kids. And even the guys next year, too, you're going to develop those kids while still getting playoff experience, getting playoff experience against probably guys like LeBron James, John Wall, Yeah, watching the first two games of Jalen Brown versus LeBron James was thrilling. I mean, we watched a kid step out of college and against the best player in the NBA, and he held his own to an extent. Yeah. He did, I mean, he did good for for a rookie against the GOAT. It was really impressive. I'm going to throw this out there. Is it a Boston thing? Like, we see the Celtics, hey, I want all these picks, and then we look at their NFL team, oh, first-round pick, now nah, we'll trade back. Yeah, literally, more picks, it's more been like picks. five years. Belichick's been doing that for 17. Like, yeah. I, is it a Boston thing? Like, Doesn't Belichick have the does Bruins. it, and then, well, okay. Literally one, one, well, two one teams. reference. Okay. Two teams. And Danny Ainge just started doing it. Okay. And it was, maybe, it was because maybe of one trade. Maybe he saw something across the way. You're smoking too much. You're trying uh, to connect too many dots here. You're trying to, you're trying to connect all the there. dots. It's a Boston thing. Um, a couple things that I, I do want to bring up. Dave, uh, I want to I want to go back to the Lonzo Ball thing. If Lonzo Ball is still there, uh, would they go Lonzo? Because I, know I, I tried said to yes. duck that. I'll be honest. I know you did. <laughs> I, I, but I want to hear your opinion. All right. All right. So 
if Lonzo Ball is for some chance on the board with them at the three, I, I think they're in a rough position because honestly, I feel like Lonzo Ball, the what what he can bring is the intangibles and that three point shot and, and getting everyone involved. But again, it's how much do you value that in today's NBA and where do you see that plugging into your team currently or, or your future team down the road because you're not picking guys for the next three mm-hmm. years. You're picking guys for the next decade. Realistically, with the way we're tuning uh, free agency and the player contracts these days, mm-hmm. it's entirely team-dependent. If you get drafted by the team, they'll be able to give you the most the, the most money, the best options, the longest deals. So I think really if you look at it as a long-term pick, like it's really hard to pass on Lonzo Ball at the three at that point for me because – to have someone with the potential that would be the best facilitator in the NBA in five years from now, and if he can contribute, I mean, anything realistically offensively, if he's just a three-ball player, if he if he shoots 40% from three and 10 assists, like, I don't even care that he only shoots, like, four a game. Like, I'm happy at that point. That I would be happy with that point guard on my team. The problem is, is, like, I look at that, and then I look at the potential for someone like a Fox mm-hmm. or a um, Smith. Dennis Smith Jr., and I think I, I think both of them have rock star potential. I think well, both of them could pull the top off this league, and I, I just I have that concern. Like, are you going to feel regret because you could have had someone the, who is a stud, but you grab someone who is a great team player? The thing that's interesting, though, about that and his fit to this team, I could see it being because Isaiah Thomas – because of his height and all the screens that they run, and he doesn't have the ball in his hands 100% of the time, I could see it being like you said, okay, when the ball's not in your hand, you're going to be our three-point shooter. You're going to be at the two. And, so, um, no, I, wait, 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 just listen, just listen. When Avery Bradley's not out there, because he's not going to play every second single year, minute, just a second we could, you could run a unit where IT's at the one, Lonzo's at the two, and because IT doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time, it can kind of be a kind of committee where sometimes it's IT that has the ball in his hands, sometimes it's Lonzo, until you decide, you know what, IT's not the picks. If you're going guard, that's where I think you go, yeah. and then Lonzo becomes your point guard. I think after Lonzo's that. kind of fucking pointless at that at that two position. I think he, I, I don't think he's a dead 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 eye shooter from to, to, to be that because you're just gonna be able to you're put not a guy, the shoulder shot. You're just gonna be able to put a guy next to him, stand next to him, and then you can just you don't have to guard him. Or I mean, you have to guard him in in a sense. But if he's just gonna stay beyond there. Development. All these prospects have the opportunity to develop. Of course. Yeah, I know. Of course. The guy who goes 60th overall, look at Isaiah Thomas. Mm -hmm. He has the growth to develop. I understand that, but still. Um, Anyways, I'm going to throw you guys off. going to add one more final kind of mini segment here. It's going to be easy, though. I'm I'm, I'm adding you a softball. No, it's going to be a mini mock draft. All right. So we're just doing the top three. I want to just clear Mm -hmm. it out, lay it out, because we talked about the top three picks. Let's just lay it out so people know how to end it, how how we're going to end it. So, first overall, who you got? Fultz. Yeah, it's Fultz. Philadelphia 76ers. We're all thinking the Philadelphia 76ers. Take Markel Fultz. And this, again, Mm -hmm. is if if, if that trade goes through. Markel Fultz going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Lakers. Dave, who are they picking? Lonzo. Ricky, Lonzo you're saying Ball. Lonzo. I think they'll ultimately go with Lonzo, too. But I think, it, again, I it's interesting. I love it, but yeah. And I now, love it. I it, think it'd be the best thing for the Lakers. I, I think it's the best fit for the Lakers. It's I, the best I don't know deal if, ever. I don't know if it's the best thing. What he, it's what the he best can, fit for sure. What he, what he can bring to that team, plus you get the added assurance of hometown kid from L.A., and it's kind of, the, I think of the same thing when D-Rose came here, how much excitement there was around that. I feel the same exact thing if he goes there. The only thing is is 
Lonzo is likely. I, I know my voice cracked. Is Lonzo as likable as D Rose? I would say so. I think I the know. only thing you that don't like about Lonzo is pretty funny. The that only was funny. thing you don't like about JT saying we did and, a lot of fishing. And yeah. here's, <laughs> well, and here's the thing about Lonzo. It's we don't hate Lonzo. All the people that are because no one knows hate, Lonzo, well, you don't know. Him. And the people that put hate on Lonzo are the ones that hate his dad. Well, that's I think, it. I think a move that so was that's good. where it's like you got to switch it to where you don't hate Lonzo, you hate his dad. I think the, a good move for them uh, out of from, from this ball, big baller brand, this whole thing, mm-hmm. this whole family. I think the smartest move they did was go on to a late night show, but pick specifically. They went to L.A. They went to the only late night show that was in L.A. They went to Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel, got interviewed. I think that was a great. Move. It was a great interview too. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if people if he's likable as D Rose was, but still. Um, third and final pick, Boston Celtics is the kind of one that's up in the air. Ultimately, who do they go with? Because Lonzo's off the board. We all agree that Lonzo's I, off the ball. Yeah, Markel's off the board. Do they go Josh Jackson, Dave? Yeah, I'm, I, I will take Jackson there. I think I'd be happy getting Josh Jackson to three. Ricky, <sighs> pressure's on. These lights are hot. I'm not going. I'm not going. Josh Jackson. That's, That's fine. What I'm, I'm not doing. Yep. I have a decision in my head between the guards, and I think I'm gonna go with Fox. But I almost wanted to go with Smith. I, I want to go with Smith so bad. I I want to be that guy. Weirdly enough, I think Smith might be the better See? fit. <laughs> I like it, and I like De'Aaron Fox too. Honestly, like when I'm thinking about it, I think Josh Jackson's the last guy and, who would pick for the Celtics. But I think he's gonna be the pick because I think Danny Hage wants to go with BPA. And I'll be yeah. completely honest, mine with the Celtics is kind of when it it I wouldn't pick Josh Jackson. I'm picking guard no matter what. But it's knee jerk for Fox because I. I still think of everyone saying, well, how valuable can you be to this team if we need to take you off the court because you're a defensive liability at the one? The only reason I think it's also going to be Josh Jackson and and not a guard is because if you needed a guard, why the hell are you trading away from drafting the best guard? Yeah, why would you trade Mark Hall Fultz? And unless you're super sold on Fox, Smith, et cetera, et cetera. Or they promised. Clearly the Celtics promised them. It'd be crazy, though. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I think think it'd be crazy. I think our our boys who are Suns fans. Riley. Give it. Riley's a I'm thinking Celtics. I'm thinking Riley Celtics. Riley doesn't even disrespect. know who you are. Straight disrespect. Before, before I said Riley, you were uh, putting out Suns. Thought you were talking about Celtics. Sorry, I'll, give shout out. I'll give a if, shout out to our Kev. Our Kev buddy, our Irish buddy. He's <laughs> the actual Jackson Suns fan. Falls to the four. Yeah. That's perfect. And they, they, they were so pissed about losing that two spot because they wanted Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now if they get Jackson, boom. It's wow. a perfect fit. And then JT's there for the Kings. It's crazy. This is why the draft's fun now. I'm, draft's I'm hyped fun. again. And Dave... We got oh, our yeah. 6.0 coming out. Ricky's going to be at VidCon, but we'll have a 6.0 coming out before the draft. It's going to be fun. We're going to we're going to do as many as we can. We're going to do as many picks as we can at least. Um, we'll see how how deep we go. If it's going to be a 30, if it's going to be a 60, we'll see how crazy we get. Probably going to be a 30. My, my last pick, Jimmy Thompson. You guys haven't heard about him, but he, he's going to be great. Have you heard about the one kid who's playing in Turkey who used to be on Baylor, but also transferred, and his dad's actually the coach at a D3 school? The kid's got a lot of potential, just never got playing time. He's great. Mm. Anyways, I'm a buyer. <laughs> Anyways, stay tuned for that mock draft. We know we're going to get one out at some point, whether it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're definitely going to get it out before Thursday or maybe Thursday. Maybe that's going to be a super special. We'll give it out on Thursday, but it should be fun. Um, anyways, tell us who you think is going to be the top three picks. It should be a blast. But anyways, for Ricky Wimmer, for Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.